All right, and welcome back to a new episode of the StatCast with your hosts, Harrison Friedman and Sam Greenman. Today we are doing part two of our NBA preview. We did have one full night of games a couple nights ago, but we are recording our Eastern Conference half today. I mean, if you're making judgments based on just one or two games, uh, you're not going to really get anywhere. That's kind of a fool's errand. So what Sam and I are going to do, we're going to run through our predictions for the East. I don't think we've changed anything that we had, our MVP predictions, the rest of our award predictions. None of those have changed unless, I don't know, Sam decided to put John Morant number one for um, uh, MVP after his 44-point game. I mean, to be fair, pretty good, pretty good. Um, but yeah, Sam, anything that you looking forward to in this one? There's a lot of Rookie of the Year candidates, and I don't know what I want to choose. Yeah, I have one. I don't know if it's out of the box. I think I've talked him up a couple times, but I'm a fan of him. So, yeah, we'll get into all of that. But first, Milo Hamilton. Swinging, lining it to left. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Chris Park. And welcome back to our Eastern Conference preview. Sam, I got to imagine we both have the same team first overall. Um, yeah, so let's start with the Boston Celtics. Oh. oh, oh, are you sure? <laughs> no, sure no it's, it's very, very obvious. Very obviously the Bucs are number one. Yeah, the Boston think, Celtics, uh, as a matter of fact, they beat the Bucs, who we both have number one. But Sam, so tell me about what the Bucs did this offseason, which was one of the stranger ones, honestly, for a team that's so high, highly rated. So if we're talking about things that actually did happen, they got Drew Holiday, legend uh, point guard DJ Augustine, Tory oh, Craig, yeah. Bobby Portis, but they lost Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, Robin Lopez, Wesley Matthews, Sterling Brown, Kyle Korver, and Ursan Ilyasova. And if we're talking about moves that didn't happen, they didn't get Bogdanovich. Yep, and lost second-round pick because of that. But what you didn't mention is that they signed Giannis to a massive extension. Yeah, you sucks know, for him. Uh, Locking up uh, the future of your franchise for the next five years with the pretty sure it's the biggest deal ever signed in the NBA. Am I right about that? Is yes. Is the deal ever signed? I don't know if Harden's is higher. I think Giannis is the biggest. But so, yeah. So Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to stay in Milwaukee for at least uh, several more years. And probably after that, too. It seems like he's pretty much enshrined there. Like, the guy came over from Greece at just 18 years old. Of all places... Milwaukee, Wisconsin is like his introduction to the United States, which is actually kind of cool that like uh, this like small, cold uh, northern Midwestern kind of place is where the best basketball player in the world lives and plays every game and wants to stay there. But I kind of like it. You wait, you like Milwaukee? I like that Giannis is in Milwaukee. I mean, listen, Milwaukee is like not that high up on the list of like best cities in the Midwest. It does not crack the top five at the very least. I don't know. Probably doesn't even crack the top, the top 10. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, talking about the moves they made, Drew Holiday is one which we're hoping to see a lot from. And it kind of sucks. They did lose a decent amount of depth. And the stuff they got back is not really going to help their defense. Like DJ Augustine, as much as I loved him um, on the Magic last year and talked about him a little too incessantly for a former UT guy. But Drew Holiday is the key piece of that. And so the question is of what he and Giannis do together uh, is absolutely massive. Because if they are putting a lot of points on the board like they did a couple nights ago, then 
pretty good. You're probably going to be in pretty good shape, but also like they allowed 122 points to a Celtics team that's missing uh, Kemba Walker. We turned them all over exactly six times. Yeah, that no defense was played. Yeah, that makes me a little nervous for what we're going to see because like yeah, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis were all terrific, but nobody else was all that great. So you're missing Eric Bledsoe's defense, Wesley Matthews' defense. You're missing just a lot of guys who... Sterling Brown is a good defender, even though he didn't play very much. You're just missing a lot of guys who can make sure the other team doesn't run the score up on you. I mean, what this is going to do, really, is make ensure that Giannis is going to have to play a lot more minutes because this team is going to be in a lot more close games. So makes me a little nervous for Giannis' overall health before the playoffs, but at the same time, like, Giannis is better than pretty much anybody in the league. He was absolutely dominant, and so... I expect that like uh, we're going to see a lot of um, good stuff from him this year. Uh, we'll talk about him with awards picks too, I figure. But do you? what do you think about this Bucks team? Because I have it as the best team in the entire NBA by a few games. I do too, but I think that's regular season. Once again, Budenholzer doesn't know how to play people in the playoffs. My question is, like, it seems like this year they're going to almost be forced to play guys more minutes in the regular season. Do you think that helps a little bit in the playoffs where they're not just like this absurdly great team in the regular season and maybe they actually have to struggle to win a lot of their games? I mean, you learn a lot more from close games than you do from blowouts. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. They lost a lot of their depth. So, yeah, I I don't know. I just really don't like I like Budenholzer on the Hawks when he had like no stars on that team and it made sense to play everybody 25 minutes a game. Yeah. But here it doesn't really make sense to play Giannis Middleton and Holiday 20 minutes, 25 minutes a game and give Bryn Forbes and Brooke Lopez 20 minutes a game at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll see Giannis's uh, minutes numbers go up as the season progresses. I but I like I think he's going to be the kind of guy playing at least 36 minutes a night which is not what he's used to. And it's not like quite James Harden levels if James Harden ever ends up playing any minutes this year. But yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I think Bobby Portis is something somebody I actually want to look out for. Tell me about because it. Because I, like, I feel like he can play a little bit of defense. And Brooke Lopez is basically a statue when it comes to defense. Wasn't he's... Brooke Lopez getting like defensive player of the year vibes last year? I, I hope not because... I didn't like that. He's only getting those because he's like 7-1. Yeah, you know, he just they have that funnel defense where they just funnel everybody to Lopez and he just stands up really tall because, you know, he's a pretty tall guy and block shots. Yeah, but people are less, less willing to drive if you have Brook Lopez in the middle, so it didn't really that work that well. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what we get. The, the defense not being that great is a little worrisome. Um, the offense, though, seems to be terrific. Like Drew Holiday, like, I think he's a great one-on-one defender, but he's not a perfect team defender because, like, he's not that big. He's not going to get in as many lanes and jump stuff like that. I mean, he'll do some of that, but he's more just like a really tenacious on-ball guy who's going to strip the ball out of your hands or uh, steal it when you're trying to do a move on him. So Giannis is going to have to step up. If Giannis like becomes really rock solid, plays a lot of center minutes or something like that, that I'd like to see. I'd like to see Giannis playing really good minutes at center because he's a tall guy. He's really strong, and I think he can do that kind of stuff like if you're going up against someone like Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid if Giannis needs to be the guy who's just pressing up on that guy and uh, making them work for everything they can yeah I just feel like Giannis is going to be asked to do a lot which is a very stark comparison to last year when he was asked to do 
I don't want to say asked to do too little, but in the playoffs, it, it showed that he like he wasn't playing a big enough role. Exactly. And I think that the fact that Giannis is going to have to do more of that this year and the fact that it's going to seem a little tougher for the Bucks is why I think he's actually going to shine in this because he's got no pressure on him. He's going to be here for a long time. There's nothing in him, and it seems like he's always been willing to take up the mantle of like the guy who tries really hard and always goes for it. And so I think he's really going to step up to the opportunity, especially like getting punched in the mouth like with that Tatum shot and then missing the game-tying free throw as time was expiring. That, Can I tell you how... Yeah. Ask me how nervous I was when he was shooting free throws. Sam, how nervous were you when Giannis was shooting those free throws with, free throws with 0.4 seconds left down by two? I was at a beach. Like, in my head, I was at a beach. No way Giannis makes two free throws in a row. Oh, damn. You expecting some Shaq vibes from him or, like, classic LeBron... Um, big Christmas game moments. It, it, with that said, are we going to see a LeBron Christmas game moment? Because I remember, what was it, several years back, the game. remember the game where Harden kicked LeBron in the balls? On yes, Christmas? when it yeah. was on the ground, yeah. 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 LeBron, oh, that was, a, that was back in the Cavs. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron that was... missed like three or four clutch Oh, that's right. He, really, he missed like four clutch free throws. Yeah, the game went to overtime, I think, and they lost in overtime to the Rockets. I mean, the Rockets won regulation. But anyway, LeBron missed like several clutch free throws, and that was just, whoa. I don't know. I don't know what was going on with him there. That was a fun game. Anyway, so what's your prediction for the Bucks' record? Uh, fifty-one and twenty-one, first in the East. All right, I have them as fifty-three and nineteen, first in the East. So okay, I relatively think similar fair. stuff. I think yeah. that's fair. So my next team. I don't know if this is going to be your next team, but at the very least, it's my next team, the Miami Heat. Who do you have? Uh, do you have them at number two? I have them at number three. Okay, so. What did the Heat do this offseason? Uh, they drafted Precious Achua. Yep. They got brought in Mo Harkless yep. and Avery Bradley, and they lost Jay Crowder and Derek Jones. Honestly, Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley seem very, very similar to Jay Crowder and Derek Jones, just in the sense of like, oh, it's like these old vets who get tossed around every once in a while. Derek Jones is not an old vet. I know, but like he's going to be. You can already tell that he's going to be like that kind of guy. Yeah, when now he gets old and becomes a vet. Yeah, well, but now he's like this old, he's like younger athletic guy who can dunk all over everybody. But like, he's not going to be a star player. He's just going to be the kind of guy who, you know, gets tossed from team to team. And like, oh, Derek Jones Jr. is on the free agent market. Maybe we should go get him. But no one is ever like, ooh, three years, 40 million for Derek Jones. You know what's hilarious? Udonis Haslam's still on the team. Udonis Haslam is Miami. Like, that's just full on Miami. He's, he's going to be there forever. Is he... Was he drafted the same year as LeBron and D Wade? No, he was the year before. Okay, well, that's crazy. He's not playing any minutes. He's like a player coach at this point, right? I mean, they're paying him the vet, the league minimum, and at, with the amount of years that he's played, that's still that's a lot of money. Yeah, man, that's impressive. Freedom says. I don't know if he got a single minute last year, but nevertheless, he uh, continues on. That's Miami basketball. He's been there forever. So I think that this Miami team. Um, Here's the issue with on one hand, this is a young team which should be growing and like into a really, really terrific team. And well, he wasn't drafted. What? He wasn't drafted out of college. Oh. Oh. Wow. Dude really just stuck around. But anyway, so this Miami, like you would expect like some growth from them, because like Bam's getting even better. Tyler Hero, year two of that. Duncan Robinson, uh, still shooting uh great shots. This is also Kendrick Nunn's second year. I mean, like, I wonder what we had to see from Kendrick Nunn. Dragic had a great night last night, and he seems to still at least be alive. But at the same time, this is one of two teams that uh, was in the NBA Finals. They played like, what was it? The last game was like 75 days ago or something like that, which is bonkers to think about. And so you're a little nervous about like a little, um, I don't know, 
hangover from being in the finals. It wasn't a team people expected to be in the finals, even though they that was Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Butler. The Jimmy Butler is a big question because Jimmy Butler is not a huge regular season guy. He's more of a playoffs kind of guy. Jimmy Butler had seven steals last night or two nights ago. Yeah. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I think he also had seven turnovers. It was a sloppy. It it was a sloppy game. Yeah. I mean, they're not quite uh, in sync, I guess. Maybe they're, or maybe they just got a lot of tired legs on that team. That's the kind of team which there's a break mid-season. I feel like after that break, that's when the Heat really turn it on. Until then, they just got to really find, I don't know, themselves for this season. Because, I mean, it sucks losing in the finals. But also, it's pretty great getting there in the first place. So they got to wrap their head around that. But I'm intrigued to see what we get from Tyler Hero this year. Because he was a little bit of a surprise. Um, you know, being this kid from Kentucky, or from Wisconsin originally, actually, who just uh broke out really in the playoffs and was pretty good in the regular season when he played but was just the star of the playoffs hitting insane clutch jumpers on the celtics if you remember mm-hmm. yeah you remember so i hope he doesn't hit the sophomore slump i can't imagine this guy has had much time to really just like stop in the rest and not play back i feel like Ken- kendrick nunn's gonna play this be a sophomore slump yeah, well, Kendrick Nunn already hit like a little bit of a wall in the playoffs. Yeah, that's why. I, that's what I'm saying. He didn't really do anything down the stretch. Yeah. So I mean, like, how many people? For how many rookies do we consider like the bubble of their sophomore season? Almost, I don't really know. But so a Tyler Hero, he wasn't like amazing last a uh, couple nights back. And so what we're wondering, I guess, is um, if he can take that leap into you know the kind of guy who the Rockets want to trade James Harden for because he's it seems like he's got next of being one of the great shooting guards in the NBA. But at the same time, he's got to improve his defense. His passing needs to get a little bit better. And he's got to become a more consistent shooter instead of just this guy who pops up specifically in the fourth quarter and makes a ton of shots or just uh, is a little bit streaky. So that's the kind of that's the biggest question I have with the Heat this year. If Tyler Hero makes the kind of step in which like he's getting serious all-star consideration, then I think this Heat team like could easily challenge the Bucks for and the Nets for supremacy in the Heat. But if Hero like takes a step back is it's a little bit of rookie wall i mean like i'm sure his legs are tired so the jumper is tough to be quite as consistent i think he's a real x factor what about you i think the x factor is spolstra because he's playing his bigs very very weirdly he played harkless for the for a majority of minutes and he got three points two rebounds and one assist and nothing else in 22 minutes yeah and he played olenic for 20 minutes that netted him five points and three rebounds and he sat Myers Leonard, KZ, Chris Silva. You know, he could, they could have gotten some minutes, especially Myers in. Leonard especially. Yeah. He's playing they, for him a lot during the regular season last year, at least. Yeah. He's a b- bunch of the people in my group chat, in my fantasy basketball group chat, call him the cheerleader. Yeah. Hey, he is. He's a great cheerleader on the bench. They always. Uh, I mean, always he 100% is, but I mean, you're paying a lot for a cheerleader. Yeah. And I would like to think that he's better than Kelly Olinick. Yeah. Kelly Olinick. Fits this very specific purpose, but with Bam on the floor, he's almost like, I don't know, all the stuff that he does well, Bam does a lot better, except for three-point. But like Kelly Linux, not like an outstanding three-point shooter. He's a fine three-point shooter who just happens to be a big guy, so he looks a little better. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You have have to consider that he had 22 turnovers. Yeah. Very, Very sloppy first game against the Magic. Yeah. And I mean, love the Magic. Always love the Magic. We here at the StatCast, or maybe just me here at the StatCast. You, you, you. I here. Uh, me here. I don't know which one that is. Uh, love the magic. Cole Anthony, terrific night. We'll get to him. We'll get to the magic. But yeah, so Heat predictions this year. What do you think about him? Uh, I say third? third in the wet, third in the East with forty three wins. 
Oh, that's a little lower than I expected. I have them uh, second in the East with 50 wins, 50 and 22. That's bold. That's a surprising difference that we've got there. I figured they end up somewhere in the middle, but I think I think they can get 50 wins. I mean, they at the very least have the talent to get there because, like, that is a really, really talented starting five, like one through seven, really. And so my question is, I guess, um, what the what happens after that? Well, um, if that's like, what, they well, that's what Bolster has to figure out because yeah. I think they have their guards minute, the minutes for the guards, uh, pretty well set. They have none. And they have Iguodala and they have uh, Dragic that they can go to off the bench for good minutes. Yeah. I think he needs to figure figure out how to use the bigs. Yeah. They have four good guards, then they have Jimmy, Iggy, and Bam. Question is what everyone else is. Or I guess if you want to call Duncan Robinson a forward, you can call him a forward. Oh, yeah. Yes. They they just have an influx of guards. Yeah. And not not many. Yeah, their wings their wings are a little interesting. That's a team that I'm sure will be trying to target a wing or something like that at the deadline because Jimmy Butler is sort of all you've got, and I guess Iguodala too. Because I'm not counting Duncan Robinson; he can't defend anyone. He's he's there to shoot. He's a shooter, shooter, shoot. Anyway, on to our next team, which has two shooters who really shoot, and then also Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, let's talk about the Nets, whom I assume you have second. I have them sixth. Oh. Wow. Tell me, so what did the Nets do this offseason? They lost nobody and got Landry Shamit, Bruce Brown, Tyler Johnson, and Jeff Green. And they also got two guys healthy. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's not... Eh. They got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant healthy. So here's a question for you. You are relatively low on the Nets and relatively high on the Warriors. Where do you have the Warriors again? Uh, Ninth. Ninth in the West? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's going on with that then? Uh, so what happened uh, on, was it Tuesday night? Yeah, ninth in the West versus sixth in the East. Sixth in the East will win because six is better than nine. They blew him out. And like, that's what kind of we kind of expected. KD is all the way back, it seems. Like. Yes, but I don't know who would try to defend him on the Warriors. That's true. I mean, yeah, Kelly Oubre and co. So I guess my question is like... Um, what do you think, like, the impact of Kyrie and KD seemingly, assuming that they're healthy all year, what do you think the kind of that kind of impact is going to have on them? I mean, I obviously think it'll be a big impact. I think it'll be... Well, they were, what was it, seventh in the East last year, so... Yeah, they, how many, how many they wins did they have last year? Well, how many wins? Yeah. I don't know. A lot fewer than I assume you expect them for this year, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they were going to leapfrog them a few spots over some team, well... I think they're going to stay where they at where they're at just because the East is really deep, like deeper than I think a lot of people are. You know, thinking like, oh, the West has been so so much more dominant than the East over the last few years. But I mean, I have the eighth seeds in both conferences having the same record. I well, here's the difference that I have. I have the top seven in the East, um, on a. I think a little bit better of a pace than I have them in, in the West, but then I have after that, I don't have another team uh, at 500 uh, from eight through 15. And then I have them, I have one through 10 all at 500 or better in the West. Let so, me be clear. My Brooklyn as the six seed is two games out of the three seed. Okay. I mean, Brooklyn for me at the three seed is four games out of the one seed. So do you think they're going to have 47 wins? 49. 40? Okay. I have them at 41. Yeah. I think Brooklyn is terrific this year. I think they're going to lose more games than they should just based on the fact that their depth is a little... Uh, I don't know what's going on there. I don't and their, love, def- their defense is yeah. not great. I do not love Landry Shaman. Yeah, their defense looks better than it did because they were playing 
the toothless warriors. But you're going to find, like, not every team is going to be the warriors. And so, I mean, like, this team is going to absolutely get rocked by someone like Giannis on one end, but not on the other end. You have two top 15 guys in the league. You have Kevin Durant, who might be the best player in basketball this year. I mean, people before the season were putting him as, like, one of Maybe they're like dark horse MVP pick, maybe not even a dark horse, maybe like one of the favorites for MVP. I think he's in the discussion. I think he's one of, I would say three guys in the discussion right now. I think that makes the most sense. But I, but with Nikola Jokic as maybe the fourth guy looking on a little bit. So I think they're going to be really good in a lot of games, but also lose more games than they should. So I have them at 49 wins simply because... I think they are going to blow the doors off a lot of teams and that's and those games are not going to be especially close and like they're going to very quickly intimidate teams but also like Kyrie Irving's on that team. I don't think he is going to show up against everybody. And if he's just like busy rubbing sage and everything like that before games, is that really what you want from your star player? I don't know about like I hope he's paying attention. I hope he's locked in, but he's going to get his lunch money stolen a few times by guys like Drew Holiday. Like the Bucks, I just think, are a better team, a better team than them. Or Marcus Smart. Yeah, or Marcus Smart. Yeah, Marcus Smart. Like you know, they're ready to go up against that team. You know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are like salivating at the chance of like going up against KD. But it's a very talented offensive team. Um, I think, like the Bucks, they're all going to score 120 points a game, or maybe not every game, but in a lot of games. The question is, what they do against teams that are pretty good and can match up with them in a lot of ways. Because, I mean, there are a decent amount of teams that can, that have a good defensive guard and a good defensive um, forward. The issue is that not every guard that those guys have to go up against are that talented offensive. Why are you so low on them? Or not low, but like, I think lower than the consensus at the very least. No, the consensus is about 43-ish wins. Yeah, what's your over-under? Uh, I could literally tell you right now. Uh, Brooklyn's over-under is pretty pretty much 45. I was going to guess 46 and a half, but eh, interesting. I guess, yeah, we'll see what happens with a lot of these records. I don't know how many of these teams are going to be um, winning that many games, I guess. Maybe, maybe it is deeper than we think, because it seems like you have the East as a very deep league this year. And I just qu- don't quite see it, although I do like a lot of teams better than I do in years past. It's just they don't quite have what I think it takes at some point. All right, so let's go to our, the next team that we've got. Um, it's not going to be who you think it is. Actually, it might be who you think it is. It's Philadelphia 76ers. There's no way you have the Celtics outside your top four. I have them at number five. Yeah, exactly. That's so disrespectful and so wrong. little worried about Kemba. little worried about Tatum and Brown doing it all every night and smart. They didn't even do it all at the game against the Bucks, and they still won. I know. I know. But I first of all, I did this before uh, the game against the Bucks happened, and it looks like they can do a lot. Although, do you really want Tatum taking um contested shots? No. Yeah, but we're talking here talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. All right. I all right. So they got. The Celtic, I assume you have the Celtics at number two or something like that, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Great team. But anyway, um, what did the Sixers do this offseason? They got Danny Green, Terrence Ferguson, Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, Dwight Howard. And lost Al Horford, Josh Richardson, and Alec Burks. Good moves, in your opinion? Uh, mm, no. Doesn't go forward fixing the overall problem that they have? The overall problem that they have is that Ben Simmons is on their team. So, I guess the biggest move that they didn't make was not trading Simmons for Harden. Okay, well, here's here's something. The big thing with the Sixers is their starters 
plus minus is horrible and their bench is great. Yeah. So Danny Green started. Yeah. And in 18 minutes, he was a minus 27 in a oh, six point win. Me. Danny Green's washed. And in 29 minutes off the bench, in a six point win, Shake Milton was a plus 33. Shake Milton should start. Oh my God. Orkmaz off the bench was a plus 14. Mike Scott off the bench. There was none of the starters had a positive plus minus. So you're telling me that like the classic Sixers, the Sixers guys, Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz, and Mike Scott, those guys are the ones who are putting in the work? Yes. What was the final score in their game? They won by six, 113-107. Interesting. I think that's the minimum. Ben Simmons didn't shoot a three, so. Well, Ben Simmons should not be shooting anything. I don't know. Ben Simmons, I mean, I don't know what you do about Ben Simmons. He doesn't fit anywhere. There's nowhere in the NBA that he fits right now. Maybe, ugh, I can't even, Denver? Like, replace him with MPJ in Denver? Is that something that works? What? Denver would not want to do that. I know. Like, where the hell does Ben Simmons fit? Is there a team that Ben Simmons just makes sense on? Do you, like, throw him on the Warriors right now? Is that fit? The Orlando Magic. No. They don't even have a single shot maker on that team. So... Ben Simmons needs to be surrounded by shooters, but also no, like not the, Utah, not the Utah Jazz. Phoenix? They have Chris Paul. They wouldn't do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, listen. This is a team that is. Uh, they're trying to do Sacramento the Kings. What Sacramento Sac- Kings? Okay, we should, we need to talk about the Sacramento Kings because what a game that was easily. Sorry, the, game this, is the East. This is, not the, this is this is the East. Can, can I take your order? This is not the West. We don't. The the West machine is is, is down for cleaning. <laughs> We're talking about a little bit of basketball. So I was watching the Kings game a couple nights ago because it seemed to be an entertaining one. It was the Kings against Denver. We know that like the Kings are a fun team, even as they kind of suck. And as I watched that game, you saw so much of what makes the Kings fun. You saw Buddy Hield hitting some crazy threes. De'Aaron Fox being an absolute monster on both ends of the floor. You saw Tyree Halliburton showing up. What? Marvin Bagley actually played 27 minutes. Yeah, Marvin Bagley. Like, you know who you reminded me a little bit of? MPJ in the playoffs last year. In the sense that, like, Bagley can actually do quite a lot of stuff, but he makes so many many dumb decisions. He just kept losing the ball and getting it poked away from him or, like, trying to go up against the guy and just getting dunked on. And, like, the the Nuggets had a bad game. Jamal Murray freaking sucked. Jamal Murray didn't even show up to the game, basically. I don't think he made a field goal until the third quarter. No one for nine. Yeah. Yeah. So and all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is an interesting game. The Nugget, the Kings actually had their start two starting big men, uh, both foul out, which was not great. Yeah, they had Holmes and Bagley both foul out. Yeah. So they had to finish in OT with Hassan Whiteside playing medicine. Whoa, that was not amazing for them. But so yeah, I watched this game from like the middle of the third. It was, quarter it was a plus three. It was a plus three. Highest plus, well, okay. second highest okay. highest on the team. You could tell that uh, he was not the one who was making the impact on the team. There's like this god-awful jump shot that he took. But yeah. But anyway, talking about those Kings, Tyrese Halliburton really showed up. Like at first, he was just uh, parked in the corner, just like open, waiting for stuff. But like as the game kept going and it kept getting closer and closer and it was like going down to the wire, you realize, oh, wait a minute. This team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year, there's this rookie playing crunch time minutes against them. He, like, is handling the ball for some of this stuff. He made a clutch three-pointer, and the ending was absolutely nuts. So <laughs> what happens is that Jokic goes, I don't know if it was to pass or to shoot a shot, and Harrison Barnes is guarding him, and Barnes, it looks like Barnes knocks the ball away from him. And so they call it as, like, ball out of bounds on the Kings. The refs go to the monitor to check that it was. And you see in the replay that Barnes clearly fouled Jokic, like, just grabbed his hands basically, but he also didn't touch the ball. 
Yeah, that's 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 the classic uh, LeBron <laughs> against the Warriors thing. Yeah, where it's like, like, yeah, Durant didn't touch it, touch the ball. This is correct. He instead touched his arm. Yeah. So it so you the gotta go one specific like way, and you know that you you want to keep it. You want to keep it as like, oh well, still Denver basketball. But since it was off Jokic, and you can't overturn the foul call because it's not what he went to the monitor for. You don't have a challenge left or anything like that. You got to say Kings basketball, and that's why they won the game. Oh, that's not the only reason they won the game. They won the game because it was a tie game. With six seconds left, Nuggets are bringing the ball up. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has a crazy steal. Uh, The ball, I think, goes to Harrison Barnes, who goes up for the dunk. Blocked from behind with, like, a second left. Buddy Heald, no one has any idea how he's there. He just gets in there. He tips it up. It rolls around as the buzzer sound and goes in and buddy heel just races out of the arena what a bonkers finish what an what incredible finish to a, like a really really fun game to start the season that's why i'm so glad the nba is back because of games like that and and then now back to your regularly scheduled program where it's not just a nuggets kings game all the time that sam is missing because it ended after like 12 o'clock on the east coast yeah which is literally <laughs> like three hours over past my bedtime yeah so anyway sixers yeah, I don't know what we say about them. We've talked about them on a couple past podcasts. We think that they're going to be a little bit better this year, but also, like, I don't know about how much better. I have them at 45 wins. Where do you have them at? I have them at 42. Okay. So I'm a little higher on them than you are. I think because I mean, you've got Simmons and Embiid, so you should win a lot of games, right? Seth Curry. Yeah, but you also have Simmons, so you should yeah. lose a lot. Then Simmons, is he good? <laughs> no, I keep telling you he's not good. Yeah, that's. I don't want him. I don't want him to be the guy who gets traded to the Rockets for Harden. Like, start Shake Milton over Simmons. Yeah. No, no. Start him over Danny Green. See what happens with that. No, no. What do you want to play? Is Danny Green and Shake Milton? Uh, no. I want Seth Curry starting. Seth, fine. Seth Curry, Shake Milton, uh, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. No, I don't want Simmons on the floor with Embiid. <laughs> I want Tybal on the floor. Tybal. Oh, true. Yeah, Matisse Tybal. Love the kid. Um, anyway, there's been a lot said about the Sixers. We don't have that much to talk about. I think that they are going to go through another incredibly stressful season, but I think they end up fourth in the East. 45 say fifth. You think they end up where? Fifth. Fifth. Yeah. All right. So my fifth place team, not Sam's fifth place team, my fifth place team, the Boston Celtics. Sam, what they do this offseason? Uh, they got rid of Gordon Hayward. Brad Wanamaker and Ennis Cantor and yeah. brought in Aaron Nesmith, Peyton Pritchard, Jeff Teague, and Tristan Thompson. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Jeff Teague so far? Uh, he looked so elite last the two nights ago. Yeah. It's pretty like, good. Like, is Jeff Teague, like, legitimately... Uh, he's so an all-star. Good? Yeah. Okay, not an all-star, but, like, is he a good enough Kemba replacement that, like, he can be playing serious minutes for the team even when Kemba's back? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think he... Well... Mm, I would like Smart out there more than Jeff Teague, but so, I think there's a way you could find him 18 to 20 minutes. What's your like ideal lineup for the Celtics before Kemba's back? Before Kemba's back? All right, let me see. Is it going to Teague, Smart, Brown, Tatum, Tice? Okay, yeah. Because that's a really good defensive lineup, isn't it? I might put Grant Williams at five. Yeah, instead of Tice? Interesting. Or Robert Williams. Do you think that, which of the Williams do you think is going to make a bigger impact? This? Grant. Why do you think that? Uh, he's making a lot of threes, and he defended Giannis pretty well. Yeah, that's pretty good for a guy as short as he is. Um, I guess like he's definitely a, Dray- a Draymond Green who can shoot. Yeah. So is he as good of a passer as Draymond Green? No. Yeah, 
that's that's the thing. That's the thing people don't talk about Draymond Green is that how high IQ of a player he is. He's not just a great defender. He's just one of the smartest defenders that the NBA has ever seen. I think it's doesn't get talked enough about him. If he was playing against um the Nets, I think the Warriors might have done a little bit more, but he just wasn't healthy. So the reason I'm a little less high on the Celtics is because, well, yeah, I don't know. They just ended up here, I guess. There's too many. There's the East is a little more top heavy than I expected. Like with those seven teams, the ones we've mentioned so far, plus the Pacers and the Raptors, who I have a little further down the list. It's tough to get the kind of separation. It's almost like one, whichever team is healthy is the one that's going to win a lot of games. It's going to be sort of a little bit of like devil magic, trying to figure out what exactly you need to put on the floor at all times. And so like, I have a 10 game difference between the Bucks and the Celtics versus, um, well, I guess the difference in the West is I have 10 game difference between the one and the six, or really the one and the seven also, because I got the Mavs the same record as the Rockets. But do you, so why do you think the Celtics are the second best team in the East? Sell me on this. Well, hold on. I think you have them at basically the same number of wins I do. Well, I have them at 43. Yeah, I have them at 45. Okay, so it's a little closer to the same. I guess I assume that you have uh, teams lower than them just with a higher number of wins. Like, do you have the Magic over 500? <laughs> no, ew. The Wizards? Yes. Okay, okay. Ew? Oh, I think, there, I, oh, I think there's one team that, that uh, you and I are going to disagree on, actually. Is it going to be Atlanta? It might be Atlanta. <laughs> it's going to be Atlanta. All It'll right. Atlanta. So... Yeah, I guess we have them in around the same place. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, this should be the year, I think, where the conferences get a little closer, right? Unless the Kings are secretly a playoff team, which they didn't quite look like one, but then the Nuggets didn't really look like one a couple nights ago, so I don't know. Same thing with Magic Heat. The Magic kind of looked like a playoff team, but the Heat kind of didn't. Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony and Tyrese Halliburton, who if you talk to a college basketball fan, not you know an NBA drafting, but an actual college basketball fan, yeah, those are the kind of guys. And Tyrese Maxey, too. Halliburton went to Ohio, Iowa State, right? Maxi? No, Halliburton? Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he was, he was legit. Cole Anthony went to UNC. What? Cole Anthony UNC? Cole yeah, Cole Anthony yeah. UNC, Tyrese Maxi, Kentucky. Uh, Duke. <laughs> I don't know about uh, K's guys. Duke. Yeah, Duke. Ugh. I mean. Trey Jones. Fine team. Trey Jones. Uh, I mean, Vernon Carey <laughs> was like really good at being a college basketball player, but he was clearly not going to be an, an NBA guy. So, Jason Tatum, Duke. Jason Tatum. That was a few years back. That was a, that was a different team with Harry Giles third on that team. Yeah. It could have been better than it was. Too bad those guys couldn't stay healthy. Anyway, so back to the Boston Celtics. Have we said all we need to say about the Celtics? Uh, yes, except for the fact that I think once again Brad Stevens has found a way to plug in two guys, Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson, into the lineup without ruining the flow. I always I always like Tristan Thompson. I felt like he was just a little underrated because you knew what you're getting from him. And like the times when you made him do too much, like we saw in the against the Warriors a couple times, like he just clearly wasn't fit for it. But at the same time, like he can play legitimate center minutes and actually put the ball on the floor a little bit, which not every uh, guy as big as him can do. So I really like the, the thing idea. is, the thing is with Tice is let refs love to call fouls on him for no reason. So he is forced to play a lot of minutes with a lot of fouls. Yeah. I think Thompson will take off the burden there. I think it's just an undersized white center sort of deal where it's like, yeah, how hard can you really play? You know? So, all right. Um, so next up we've got the, for me at least, the Indiana Pacers. How many wins do you have the Pacers having? 40. Okay. It's not too far off. Yeah. 
I think I I don't know where you have the Pacers. I think our win totals are a little uh, misleading as far as like we're actually closer than we think. But what the Pacers do this offseason? So in my additions category, the Indiana Pacers have literally, and then in these subtractions, they have nothing. So they did literally nothing this offseason. Yeah, they were thinking of getting If you look up nothing in the dictionary, you will find a picture of uh, the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, but here's the thing. This Pacers team is trash. No, this Pacers team is not trash. I think this Pacers team has a lot of guys who, for different reasons, all really want to prove themselves. Like, you've got Brogdon, who wants to prove that last year wasn't a fluke and that they can go toe-to-toe with teams like the Bucks. You've got Oladipo, who's trying to prove that actually he is the kind of star that he thinks he is and that we saw for briefly a couple years back. You have Miles Turner. Yeah, Miles Turner isn't going to do as much this year, so we can skip past Miles. But then you've got Sabonis, yeah. who blocks. could... Eight blocks. Sabonis could be all in the Miles Turner had eight blocks. Yeah, that was that was insane. But you have Sabonis who like is actually the best player on the team and could make an all NBA team this year. It's he's got an outside shot at it, I think. And then you've got TJ Warren, who he was coming back from plantar fasciitis, which sucks as an injury. I think like your foot is just in extreme pain, and so he was not that great, but he's trying to prove that the bubble wasn't and that he actually is this like scoring machine. And so I think you got a lot of guys who fit better together than you think, and their bench is totally fine. I like Aaron Holiday. I always loved Doug McDermott. Well, not really as an NBA player, but it, he's fine as an NBA player. And so I think this team is going to win a bunch of games just based on the fact that they have a lot of guys who can go out and get stuff done. I don't. No? No. It's the same team as last year. The East got better. I feel like it's very simple. And Oladipo is already trying to get out of Indiana. Yeah, but he scored a bunch of points the other night. Yeah, but it was against... Who's it against? It was against the Knicks, right? It was against the Knicks. It's true. I mean, like, beating up on a Knicks team is always a fun thing to do, even though R.J. Barrett went off for 20 points. Yeah, I like Incredible. Him. How? I wonder, how many of those blocks by Miles Turner were on R.J. Barrett? Because from, I didn't watch that game, but from why, what I remember of R.J. Barrett's uh, Duke career, every time I, like, was turned on the game, R.J. Barrett was getting blocked at the rim. I think against yeah. Gonzaga, like, they were going... What? Shots fired. Yeah, they were going up to Gonzaga this one game. I think it was like one versus two. Crazy big game. It was going down to the wire. Like this was Zion was on the team. Cam was on the team. RJ Barrett for like three possessions in a row in the final minute. Takes the ball every time. Gets blocked at the rim like th- on three or four shots. Like I think there was one time where he went up, got blocked, got his own rebound, went up again, got blocked again. And Gonzaga ended up winning that game. That was, a, oh, against the Rui Hachimura Gonzaga team, as a matter of fact. Goat. Yeah, so... RJ Barrett dropped 20 in the first uh, first half, which was wonderful to see because I still have RJ Barrett stock. I still have a lot of RJ Barrett stock. Dumb to sell it after just one year because god-awful fit the team around him last year. Not amazing this year. I don't think a lot of defense is going to be played by that next team, but at the very least, like, I don't know. I want to see more from Obi, even though he's not doing, doesn't have that much of a big role this year. He didn't shoot that great. Yeah, it's a, it's a Tibbs team. You expect to see a little more defense played by them, although Tibbs is going to lose his he's mind. Yeah, I don't know. You expect at least like Frankie Smokes to be putting in some work on that end. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Knicks. We're here to talk about the Pacers. I, I think they're a legitimate NBA, uh, legitimate NBA um, stars that like other teams would love to have. And so they're not gonna like blow the doors off of anybody. I think there's a really big gulf between the top five teams and then the six and the seven, and the Pacers being number six. But I think they're gonna win a lot of games and not do that much in the playoffs, just based on the fact that. This is a team that is clearly meant to beat a lot of bad teams and at least compete pretty well against the good teams, even though they probably aren't going to be able to close stuff out. 
Also, speaking of closing things out, could I turn your attention to the Mavs game the other night? No, please don't. Where, what was it that I was talking about on the pod about the Mavs being absurdly unclutch and then and their offense just falling apart? And I think in the f- final don't couple recall. minutes, their don't last recall. four shots were a 25-footer, a 27-footer, I think a layup, maybe an and one by Luca or something like that, and then a 32-footer. Not a great look. Don't recall that game ever happening. Yeah, all three. Of, oh, by the way, all three of those threes totally missed. They lost. So um, yeah, Mavs still have a little bit of work to. As much as the Celtics like uh, came up in the clutch, and that's your number two spot. Mavs are your number two in the West, right? Three. Number three, right? Celtics came up in the Mavs. Ugh, not so sure about that team. Yeah, but Jason Tatum. I don't know. Yeah, you guys are gonna love Jason Tatum forever, I guess, unless you trade him for James Harden. Yeah, that would be a great idea. It would be a great idea. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm still on board with uh, James Harden for Brandon Ingram next offseason. I think that makes the most sense for each team because this year, as much as Brandon Ingram like showed that he's a really good player a couple nights back, he's not a fit with Zion. It's, it's not the right fit with Zion, and so I don't think it ever will be unless you get like completely different, like a surrounding cast around them. I don't, I don't really like it. Well, that's just me. That's just my personal thing. Anyway, back to the Eastern Conference, as much as we want to talk about the West. Um, so the Pacers, what's your record that you have them for, and what place in the East? 38 wins, 8th in the East. Okay. I have them just escaping the play-in tournament, but the team that I have is the best team in the playoff in the play-in tournament in the East, your Toronto Raptors, whom I assume you have at, like, 4th? So what'd they do this offseason? Sell me on why they're better than 39 and 33. Uh, Malachi Flynn and DeAndre Bembry and Aaron Baines were the guys they brought in, and they lost Gasol and Ibaka. Yeah, so just got less deep in the front court. Both those guys went to different places in LA. Aaron Baines from Phoenix. I mean, he's good guy for that team. I think OG is going to play a lot of center minutes, right? OG, what? Yeah, no, OG I think and Obi. small ball five. I, I would maybe I would think Chris or Chris Boucher. I mean, different players. Just Ananobi in like the sense of getting more minutes, so he stays on the court more. But so he's going to get more minutes. Boucher is going to get more minutes. Powell, I like Siakam again. Van Vliet uh, secured the bag. He should be fine. Lowry, Lowry doesn't. Lowry amazing yeah. as always. Yeah. Nick Nurse is a great coach. Um, yeah. I, I, think just, first, I think they're a first round exit, but yeah. I'm a little nervous about what I saw from Siakam in the bubble. I hope that's just bubble stuff. But he sucked. He sucked against the Celtics. Yeah, because the Celtics have a great defense. It makes me a little nervous. Like, I, because like, Siakam, the number one thing has always been like, can he be the number one option on offense and create his own shot? And if these, and if he can't, if this is another year where he can't, then I mean, you can't keep expecting Kyle Lowry to do that. You still don't have a number one option that you can turn to. And all the teams that I have ahead of them have like seriously gifted offensive players. And so this team, I just don't think is quite as talented. I think that, yeah, they're incredibly well coached. They're probably, that discipline is probably going to help them hold up in a lot of games that maybe other teams ahead of them aren't quite as disciplined in, maybe won't be able to pull off a win in. They have their, uh, they still have their coach as opposed to a team like the Pacers got a new Nate as their coach, Nate Bjorkren, replacing uh, Nate McMillan. But, I mean, I only have them one game worse than the Pacers. I just don't know if their talent quite holds up enough that, like, they won't get jumped on a random night by a worse team. Or, like, I feel like Western I think it'll happen, but it'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, I also think that Western Conference teams might even beat up on them. Like, this is a team, like, they're playing, they're not playing in Toronto. They're playing in Tampa Bay. It's a little bit of a strange year for them. I wonder if the guys, like, over the course of the season get, like, a little bit more of a bubble effect than other teams do. I I do think it's kind of hilarious that they're one of the only teams that actually has fans in the arena. 
because you know they're playing in Florida. But I just don't know if I see them like being this like consistently good when you have when you're gonna have time after time in the half court your offense just not clicking. I definitely think they're gonna take a step back, but I don't think it's going to be too dramatic. I think it's the slide continues gradually from the finals win. Yeah. So what do you have, Matt? What's your record for him? I have him at forty two wins. Yeah, I have him at thirty nine. So like. Not a huge difference. Yeah, our East, I think, is definitely different than our West. We have a lot of different takes here, but I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah, Heat and Nets are one that I'm really interested in seeing what we get because I have, I'm have i really high on those teams, I guess, apparently, compared to you, and you are not, and you're higher on the three or the four teams below them. Um, so then next, we turn to once an eight seed, always an eight seed, the Orlando Magic. What? Oh, God. No? You're going to... They did nothing this offseason. They got Cole Anthony and got rid of DJ Augustine. Yeah, and Jonathan Isaac got hurt. Yeah, so why do you like them? <laughs> I like Markel Fultz. I mean, I agree that Markel Fultz is, again, getting more minutes, getting a, got a contract, more confidence. I think he's going to do a lot better, but the team's trash. I don't think the team's that trash. I think it's actually a decent team. I like Cole Anthony a lot, and I think that he's going to easily contend no, in, for in regards to tr- In regards to trash, they're like high-quality trash. I mean, I don't have them with a winning record, so it's not like I'm saying that they're okay. going to be like this better, amazing better, team. Better. I have them, the they're two wins below, just wins in general below the Pelicans. And I have them as winning 34 games in the East, which like, it's a lot easier oh, to win 34 winning, games. I have them winning 31. What? Yeah, it's a lot easier to win 34 games in the East than it is to win 34 games in the West. So that's, I mean, I like this team because I'm a fan of a lot of guys on this team, just individually. I don't know. Maybe Aaron Gordon actually does have a good year. We've been waiting for it forever. He was actually pretty good a couple nights ago. I wasn't counting into my um, qualifying into my predictions when I made them, but I like this team. I like Fultz. I think they have a lot of experience that teams below them, like, I don't know. Right now, I have the same top eight, not in the same order, but the same top eight teams that were in the playoffs last year. And I think that the only two teams that really seem to be able to make some noise about that are the teams I have in my play-in, and that's the Wizards and the Hawks. So I just like the Magic a little better. I think not having someone like Isaac on the floor sucks, but also maybe you're clean, you're cleared up a little bit. I loved Chumo Kiki when he was at Auburn, and now he's finally healthy. So although the Magic have way too many big men, they're just going to keep sending waves and waves of these tall, linky guys out at you. And, and no three-point shooting. Yeah, and point guards who are actually pretty good at driving to the rim, but can't score, like, at all outside of that. But also take, like, you know, Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz are weirdly similar players. Yeah. Just in terms of style. So I'm intrigued to see what we get from them. Um, I wonder, do you think Fultz is going to be the kind of guy who can, like, consistently get to the rim this year? Because if he can, Yes. Yeah, because that in his arsenal, he's, like, a bigger guy than you think. I think he's 6'4". He's kind of built. So... Although teams are going to sell out and stopping him there because they know he can't really shoot, I feel like the shot's improving enough that he can cheat a little bit on that and teams are just going to maybe um, get a little too close to him and he should be able to get by them. He's a, he's very fast. He was very fast when he was um, at, at some points. He's like, he can move quickly from like a stop position. I don't, I don't know if he's like winning a race against Darren Fox, but I kind of like his um, burst when he needs, when he needs to. So... Fultz obviously got a three-year, $50 million extension, which kind of hilarious that Fultz is the one getting paid and not Lonzo Ball. I don't know what, what money Lonzo Ball ends up getting, if Lonzo Ball is actually any good as a player. But I don't know. It's, yeah, it sucks losing DJ Augustine. It's true. Yeah, we don't need to talk much more about the Magic. So let's talk about 
I think we're going to get into two teams that you're a little higher on than I am, just because I'm a little more wary of them. Let's get to the Wizards first. Uh, if you insist. What did they do this offseason? Um, I don't remember. What did they do? Oh, that's right. So they got Russell Westbrook, yeah. Danny Gavidia, Robin Lopez, and they lost John Wall, Jan Mahimi, and Shabazz Napier. Yeah. What do you think about them this year? What do you think about but how those moves are going to affect them? The definition of 500. Yeah? Yeah. 36 wins. Book it. I think John Wall is not going to be healthy for the Rockets, and I think Westbrook will be healthy for the Wizards. Regardless, Wall wasn't healthy last year, so it didn't impact them. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they're going to improve from last season, and I think they're going to slide nicely back into that Orlando Magic role that that Magic have now vacated because they've gotten worse. You you have the Magic at the 10 spot? Yeah. Gotcha. And you have the Wizards at, what, the 7 or the 8? Nine. The nine. Okay. Then we both have him at the nine. So, I mean, I think Russ is great, and I think he and Beal are a fun fit together. I don't know if, like, Avdia and Hachimura and everybody are a great fit, but, like, you have six or seven guys who I'm like, yeah, those are NBA players. Troy Brown, Thomas Bryant, still not sold in Hachimura, but I like Avdia. The the dude's crafty, which is not something you say about a 19-year-old a lot, but he's a crafty player. He, like— Bertans. Yeah, Bertans, too. Like, Avdia, you watch him, he, like, he gets to spots on the floor— that not a lot of um, guys his age are really getting to. Like, maybe they're getting to is like, oh, I'm running up and I shoot this shot. Or like, I pull up from here just because I feel like it. No, he gets there in rhythm. He like, he he picks his spots. He can create decently enough for a rookie uh, forward. I guess you could say he's a forward. And so I think he's going to be all right. I don't know how much defense is going to get played by this team, though. I think there a lot of teams are going to blow him off the floor just like last year because they had no defense. I don't think adding Russell Westbrook helps your defense at all. You still got Davis Bertans playing a ton of minutes for you. So I don't have them as a 500 team. I have them as a 32 win team, which is a little worse than a 500 team. It's still the ninth spot in the East. So I guess we have them like taking the same spot, but the defense isn't great, which it won't be. Then I can't really see them winning that many games. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be beat up on in, in the East that we'll get to briefly. Yeah. So let's talk about a team that the seems to be last good team. Here's the last good team in the East. Yeah, seems to be absurdly bad at defense. The Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Where do you have these Atlanta Hawks? I have them at number seven. That's what I figured. Tell me about why you. Um... Wait, I want to hear. I want to hear how many wins you have for them first. Thirty. <laughs> Funny. I'm gonna oh, guess you God. have them as thirty-eight. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Oh, Ooh, that's that's the difference basically between like my Nets pick and your Nets pick, or like my Heat pick and your Heat. Pick. So they got. Okongu, they drafted him, got Gallinari, got Bogdanovich, got Rondo, got Dunn, got Chris, Tony Snell, Solomon Hill, and they only had to lose Deadman, Teague, and Bembry. Yeah, although Jeff Teague is a superstar, apparently. I mean, yeah, but I mean, so is Rajon Rondo. True. <laughs> so I agree in the sense that I think they got deeper. Like, we talked about this on the podcast uh, maybe a few weeks ago that like this is definitely a deeper Hawks team they have a lot of guys who can play basketball how many guys can play good basketball though I'm watching this team I watch them a little in preseason I have the roster right in front of me so let's count them Bogdanovich yes Trey Young well no I'm I'm gonna read them off Capella maybe maybe okay we'll go two. John Collins yeah yeah Chris Dunn Ugh. what do you mean he's the great defender yeah, but uh, sometimes you have to play offense. I know, a lot of offensive players on this. He's going to get run ragged trying to be the only defender on this. I say yes. I'm a little worried about their half-court offense. Hey, you know I'm going to split the point between Capella and Chris Dunn and say they make up one full player. Yes, who still doesn't do very much on offense. Bruno Fernando, no. Gallinari, 
Yeah. Yes. Brandon Goodwin? No. Cool. Solomon Hill? No. He didn't even play the other night, I think. Maybe Kevin he Herter? Who? Herter? Oh, jeez. He's not there yet. DeAndre Hunter? Maybe. No. Nathan Knight? That's not a real player. Next. All right. Skylar Mays? That is a real player, but not quite yet. I loved him at LSU, but he's not quite ready for uh, being like a big-time guard in the NBA. Okongwu? Not this year. <sighs> Reddish. Uh, Cam Reddish. Uh, no, no, I'm skipping Cam Reddish. No, no, don't skip Cam Reddish. This is Cam Reddish's time to shine. I think he had like 15 points and 11 shots or something like that. Maybe that was Hunter. Everybody scored on the on the Hawks. Trey Young scored 37 points on 12 shots. Yeah, that that they is had something. 83 points at halftime. What? They had 83 points at halftime. Yeah, that is something we should talk about. Trey Young had 37 points on 12 shots. I don't even know if James Harden's done that before. So I think the consensus is here they have eight players that can play basketball on their team, which is just enough. Yeah, but here's the thing: I like I watch those players and I'm like, yeah, but what's happening? I, I, what do you I, mean? What's happening? They're outscoring their opponent. Yeah, let's hope they keep outscoring our opponents. It just is like such matador defense. I don't know. Listen, I think it's going to be a fun Hawks team. I think that they're going to have like several 80-point halves this year, but I can't see them winning more than 30 games. That's... Like, like there are going to be some bad teams that they play, like really bad teams who are like, oh, wait a minute. We can actually just play basketball against this team, and we actually have a chance against them. And like b- better teams are just going to like look at them and be like, yeah, okay, so we stopped Trey Young, and the rest of this team can't really do all that much. But they filled that hole. They have Gallinari and Bogdanovich, which, you know, odds say one of them's bound to get hot. I would say odds are higher than Bogdanovich than Gallinari. Gallinari, I don't know if people, he's quite the player that people think he is. And Bogdanovich, um, I think he's overrated, but not too overrated. It's not like he was, like, blowing the doors off of people when he was on Sacramento last year. Like, or otherwise they would have been a better team. Yeah. I just think the so, nine wins better than you think they are. Obviously, I think Trey Young is going to be phenomenal. I think Trey Young is going to make another All Star game. I think Trey Young might be All NBA. But if Trey Young is scoring thirty seven points a game and the team is losing a bunch of games, which is likely to happen, I don't know what you do with them. Do you sign him and try to play defense? Fun play in tournament team. Fun play in tournament team like them. It was it's them versus the Wizards in like the nine ten matchup. That's musty television. I admit that for sure. But that's sort of what this team's like. I think this team's like median range is like the 10 spot. Yeah, they could uh, like do some crazy things and end up like five or six. I think that's possible. If things really click, then I could see them getting as high as like the fifth or the sixth seed. But at the same time, I don't think things are going to really click. This isn't like a clicking kind of team from what I've seen. But yeah, they're going to score a ton of points. And like if Trey Young keeps getting to the line as much as he has, and if he scores as much as he has, then. Maybe he's the kind of guy who could lift them out of nothing. We'll see. Let's move on to, let's quickly, very quickly, touch on the five teams that nobody cares about. Hornets, Cavs, Bulls, Pistons, Knicks. That's what I have them. I have Hornets Bulls, at 29. Hornets. What? I have Bulls, Hornets, Cavs, Pistons, Knicks. Yeah. Pistons. Knicks I have is the worst team in basketball. Uh, terrific. 17 and 55, which is, they have more losses than any other team in the NBA has wins. Not great, but at least you have good odds of Cade Cunningham. At the very least, you end up with a top four pick in this terrific draft. So, you know what? I have them with 18 wins. You've made 18? I don't know. It's a little much. It's a little rich for me. Um, but yeah, I like the Cavs a little bit this year. I just think they're kind of like a fun, a more fun team. People realize like Larry Nance Jr. is actually good. Um, Isaac Okoro, talk about him soon. Um, no, we won't because we're not talking about these teams for that long. Well, you'll see. Um, Hornets, the mellow ball scored zero points, I think. And so, uh, calm down. calm down. He's fine. 
Mellow Ball is not great. Mellow Ball is not really a basketball player is the issue. Not a great basketball player. Due to I mean, that's what he's- for a few uh, flashy passes. Um, it looks like his shot might be okay. Ooh, I don't know if he's up to game speed. I don't think he's going to be up to game speed. The Bulls. Give me a rundown of the Bulls because I have them like 13th in the East. I have them at 26 and 46. Sixth, yeah, that's what I have them at. Sixth worst in the NBA. Yeah, so we have them at the same record. You just have them a little higher, I guess. So I assume you have uh, the Hornets and the Cavs lower. I had the Hornets at 29 wins because I love that Rogier and Graham backcourt. Just like, I think it's fun. As bad as the mellow ball is going to be, I love that backcourt. And obviously, like PJ Washington, I talk up all the time because I think he's really great. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's not amazing. So, I have I have them at 26, the, the Hornets at 26. I think it's a little low, actually. The Hornets? Yeah. So anything anything in particular you like about the Bulls? No. No? They're 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 just as unremarkable as always. Yeah. You know what I don't like watching? I don't like the watching the Bulls uh their TV channel in Chicago. This is a strange gripe to have. I just don't think they present it in a way that's like, oh, this is it just looks a little substandard to me. Like the camera's a little bit too zoomed in, the scoreboard's a little bit big, the players don't quite look like they belong on the court. I just have a low opinion of the Chicago broadcast uh, for the Bulls, which, again, strange gripe to have. I just not a strange gripe to have. No? I'm sure, I I would I know I would definitely think there's some camera angles in MLB from broadcasts that are like, hmm, why why is the target field camera seven stories above ground level? Yeah, it's it, Chicago Bulls um, TVs people. You got to do a little bit more work. I like their pregame intros. This is this is. This is some totally random stuff. We don't really need to talk about it, but Chicago, like, step up your game a little bit on that end. Maybe uh, people like your team more. I'm like, again, Derrick Rose is not walking through that door, and even if he was, he'd be uh, might still have he'd, to be, he'd be limping through that door. He'd be limping through that door. Exactly. So Bulls, I'm at 13th best. Cavs, you know. Okay, so how about we get Pistons? We don't even really need to touch on. They did some weird stuff to their team. I ha- I, st- I have to recap their offseason at yeah, least because they had to- so they added Rodney McGruder, Jeremy Grant, DeLon Wright, Mason Plumley, Jaleel Okafor, Josh Jackson, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, and lost Luke Kennard, Bruce Brown, Christian Wood, and Tony Snell. The big loss is Christian Wood. The big get is my guy, Josh Jackson, who showed up. <sighs> he was the best player on the court for them a couple nights back. I'm I, I It gave me a... I was very happy to see Josh Jackson do well. It made it made me glad because we talked about him in the offseason. I mentioned him as like one of my guys to watch as like maybe he could be doing something. And Josh Jackson is doing something. Isn't it great? Maybe. Yeah, he scored some points, made some three-pointers, seemed like to be doing a lot on both ends of the floor. I want to yeah, he still can get to the line. I I want to see like more of him this year. He's a guy I'm most intrigued by this year. Like Killian Hayes. We love Killian Hayes. Great dude. But I don't. I think he's just a little young this year. He's one of the youngest guys in the NBA right now. He came over from overseas, and so I think it might be a year or two before things really click. All right. Anything else? Anything special you're looking forward to this season? I look for the Celtics to win sixty games. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Sometimes it's definitely that could happen. On pace for seventy-two and zero. Yeah. That's yeah. We we can't even break the wins record if we tried. Well, you could get really close. What was it, like 65 and 7 or something corresponds to 73 and 9? I don't know. Uh, it's winter break. I'm not doing math. Some, something along those lines. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, hope you enjoyed the pod. We've got... Uh, Sam, are you going to post your uh, color-coded stuff anywhere? Uh, I might. Check the Twitter. Check the stat sure. count. 
yeah, check at the Statcast, which, yeah, not that hard to guess what we're at. Um, all right, we'll be getting back to you guys soon. Maybe talking baseball if we've got some stuff going on. Maybe talking basketball. Maybe exploring some other things. But we might have not. This pod should be coming out Christmas morning today. Not that it means a lot for Sam and me. But, yeah, hopefully we'll have this one out for you guys. We might have one next week. It might be in two weeks. But until then, hope you enjoy the basketball that we've got. <laughs>